All right, boys. Get them out. Lock and load. Because it's time to talk about militias. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast, hosted by yours truly, Bradley Reith and JB, a.k.a. if I'm going to be a little bit more specific, know-it-all JB. So, JB, how you doing today, bud? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. All right. We just got done shooting the video over there for Best Cigar Reviews on YouTube. So if you want to check us out on YouTube, go to Best Cigar Reviews, and you can see our review of J.C. Newman's. You gave me three three J.C. Newman cigars, all blindfolded, and I smoked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave me the Brickhouse Natural first. Gave me the El Baton second. And you gave me the... Uh, uh, Perla del Mar Corojo last. Mm-hmm. I really liked the El Baton above them all, and the Corojo was second, and then the Brickhouse Natural was a little more Cuban-esque with, that, was, with a little bit more of that like muskiness, that basement-ish yeah. kind of smell, if you would. I, so I feel like the El Baton is something that probably people just kind of forgot about, right? It's such an old cigar and, and one that I've never even seen in a shop before, personally. But J.C. Newman reblended it. Yeah. So as as, as a result of being of it being reblended, it's obviously like really cool. It's probably and a little stronger, yeah. I would say, than it might have been originally. It's got a little more pomp and circumstance, you know, to it now than uh, than it did probably back in the day. And uh, it is uh, definitely a medium to full bodied cigar. I'd say more medium than full bodied, but for me, I'd say it's a straight medium. But for some other people, it out leans. There, yeah, it kind of leans a little more. It leans a little, yeah, for a little bit of people. So, uh, like that, Joe. Lean back, <laughs> lean back, <laughs> lean back. What does he say? Don't let me talk about the rucka. Uh, never mind. I don't want to talk about the rucka. What does he say on that? I don't understand Fat Joe's something lyrics, like that. Something like that. And then you know, just shut up and dance and something. The pull up your and pants and do the rockaway and do the rockaway and lean back. Mm. A lean back. That's back in the day. It's like two thousand. That's it? old school, bro. I was I'm, probably in middle school. Or, I had to be in middle school, dude. When, yeah, when, dude. when lean back came into the club, bro. I'm telling you what. It, that that's gone. That that's, that song and and lean like a cholo. Are the two that I get? I get. You mean the the one where it's lean like a cholo, lean like a cholo, elbows out, side to side. Oh, elbows side to side. Hear that? (laughs) That that wasn't the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. Those those are two. I was thinking of the uh, let your shoulder lean, let your shoulder (laughs) lean, get it right. Two. One of one of these days we're gonna do a we'll do a uh, a podcast on our favorite music, (laughs) OG hip hop. Yeah, OG hip hop and stuff like that. So it's it's uh it's really kind of cool. So, anyways, we're we're talking. We're kind of following up on a part two, to a part two on guns. We talked about Canada halting sales on firearms or the 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 the, the government getting ready to do that and or doing that right now. Um, Also, we we ended last last podcast on militias, and what's what's fascinating is we were talking about militias a little bit, and you got super like. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let people in on a little you guys like I don't talk about it, dude. I don't talk I don't wanna search it. I don't, why don't you wanna search it, bro? Uh you know, that's one of the things that like if if I ever came across somebody and the conversation came up and they started talking about it, I would I would I would hear them out and I'd be interested to hear about it. Because it's not something you really learn or know anything about really, right? Um not in your, I'd say not my generation, not yeah. your generation, not millennials, and not necessarily Gen Zers. I would say even my your your generation probably didn't even hear about it much. I think I think I heard a lot about because like my dad never really talked about it. Oh really? Nah. Okay. Hardly ever. Well, there there are militias that are that. Well, are, yeah. There's no doubt. There. There. No so, doubt in my mind that they're out there. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what Justin is afraid to do. But I'm just gonna put down. I'm already um, on list, bro. I'm not searching that stuff. Why are you on lists? Because I bought books. Oh, that's right. You brought yeah, militia. How many militias are in America? American militias. Oh yeah, see, that's the curious thing. And how do they... Because that's the thing, right? Like, 
are you even supposed to know that they're there? You know, like, do yeah. they register with, like, the United States militias of America? <laughs> like, you don't want the government to know right? in there, a way. There are, I know there's many militias out there. There's, there's several of them that are, um, you know, how many, I, I guess the question would be, let's see real quick. We'll, we'll ask Google. How many militias are in America? He's he putting it on all the servers, bro. So slowly declining. Or hiding. One way or the other. So, like, either they're hiding or they're declining, you know, as where, far as militia groups. Where, okay, so when I think of where they potentially exist, I'm thinking, like, Missouri, Montana, Kentucky, Ohio, West Virginia. You don't think Arizona has Tennessee. Them? Maybe, dude. Arizona's weird, man. Well, Arizona's a weird state. Like, Texas probably has one. Missouri, uh, Montana probably has one. So let's let's go into what the Second Amendment says about militias, because when you think about the right to bear arms and so on and so forth, that's tied to the militias as well. So I want to read to you what the you know what the Second Amendment actually says. It says a well-regulated militia. Okay, that talks about an organized mm-hmm. organized militia that's outside regular army, regular armed forces, and it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah. So I want to break that down a little bit as a, as a good old pastor. Okay. A good old, a good old preacher. I want to break that down hermeneutically. Okay. We're going to go, we're going to go verse by verse in the Bible right now. So first a well-regulated militia being necessary. That's the first thing that the second amendment says that militias are necessary. Why are they necessary? And it tells you the next thing right there to, for the security of a free state, like, Militias are important so that the government doesn't overwhelm the people. That's why a militia is important. Like if you don't have an organized group of people that can stand up to the government, essentially what ends up happening is the government can become tyrannical very quickly. And we've seen that around the globe. Am I correct about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've seen it constantly happening. So what you see is other militias. Now, what happens in popular media is they call those militias often like domestic terrorists, or they call them like conspiracy theorists, or they call them something else uh, because they want to discredit them so that people would trust your government more. Yeah. You know, and uh, if, if you're into trusting the government and you're into like, you know, letting the government make all your decisions for everything that there is, uh, this is probably not the podcast for you. I would probably skip this one just by nature of the fact that uh, I, I, I'll tell you right now, I don't trust the government. Okay. And politicians, I think, quite frankly, are all in bed together with each other. Um, and so when, when it says that, it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Okay. That's a big thing. So the right of the people, it's a right. That's one of the things that sets America apart from other countries. We have the right oh, to keep and bear arms because. We, and then it says, um, shall not be infringed, which, which means the government should not infringe, okay, our right to ha- keep and bear arms. And that there should be a militia in place to make sure that that stays that way. Exactly. Exactly. So, so should militias exist? Absolutely. And they're necessary. Absolutely. And they're necessary. Should they obey the law of the land and everything else like that? Yes. Until such time that all of a sudden... It becomes tyrannical. Now, here's here's the rub on this kind of stuff. Um, can a militia say currently, as it exists today, that we're living in tyranny? No. Okay. Yeah. See, that's the thing too. Like, like, legitimately, no. Not everywhere. Yeah. Not everywhere. We don't. We don't have a. We don't have a tyrannical government yet. Okay. But 
uh, in certain places, the government has taken land away from people. Okay, in certain places, the government has overstepped uh, the Constitution. Yeah, I'd say you can see trickles of examples of where they right, overstepped right. that line. And, yes. And during that time, it should have been a well-regulated militia. Like for, okay, forcing people to keep their jobs because mm-hmm. they didn't get vaccinated when six months later it, it, they hire somebody and it doesn't matter. Or, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> not, not only that, like how would a militia come, in, come into play realistically? Okay. So uh, all of a sudden, you know, the government says that uh, anybody who has, um, let's say they, they let, let, this is, let me start over. Let's say the government does put in an AR ban. Yeah. And goes to confiscate ARs at that yeah. point. That's a point where a militia would come into come into play. Yeah. They would they would absolutely go behind the Second Amendment and be like, listen, you can't do this. You're infringing on our rights at this point. So like here's the thing, like I think of like programs that are like in place in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. And you think of like you would almost think like, dang, wouldn't the National Guard be doing that for people? But they wouldn't, you know. No, right? You not at wouldn't, all. You know, and then you think about like, what about the like the the largest brotherhood in the in the world is is the police officers. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, right? There are right. more pol- if you if you took all the people in the you know, you could even say like gangs for example. You could take all the people and the the biggest group of them are police officers. Like Correct. it's just it's fact. Absolutely. So. And then I I even asked you a question off air. I was like, you know, could could like the NRA even even be a, a militia in a way, right? Like, because I unless I physically go search for militias or they're brought up in. Oh, okay. I'll tell you the the situations I've heard about militias. Okay, yeah. I've heard about militias in the situation of like one gets busted in the middle of the woods for some shady stuff, and the cops roll out there, and there's a bunch of illegal guns and stuff going on right that's one way i've heard of it right okay sure the other way i've heard of it is only through it's all bad i've never heard good things right Mm -hmm. the only other time i've seen stuff about militias is like if a kid goes and you know unfortunately shoots people and then they pull up his like histories and stuff and then they're like oh yeah he was like super searching and trying to join all these militias those are the only two times i personally have heard about militias in, in my in my life. So, so let me ask you a question. Where was that heard from? Was that popular media? Oh, of course it was. Dude, yeah. come on. So they're going to they're going to paint it that of way. Of course it was. Yeah. So that that's part of the reason that when you're talking about militias and everything else like that. I'll just say it's right now. I'm not part of a militia. militia yeah, I'm not either. And I don't have any I don't have any I'm not going to tell you what I am a part or, of. Yeah, neither will I. <laughs> yeah, so or what I have and all that good stuff. So I think that I think that's important because uh, I think there is a certain anonymity, anonymity that's necessary for keeping the militia intact. If you are part of a militia, you don't go around waving the flag saying like I'm well, part of a militia because what what ends up happening is uh, one of the most popular militia esque groups uh, are probably the Proud Boys. I was going to ask if that was considered a militia group. I, I don't know if it is or if it's considered an organization or something. I know what they 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 tend to operate a lot like a militia, from what I understand. So uh, the the problem with that is you get wrapped up in the whole January sixth thing and what happened on you know the the, the grounds there on the Capitol. And uh, several Proud Boys are, you know, in trouble for what they did and what they said or what have you. Um, and some even testifying against each other or testifying against, you know, uh, president, presidential candidates, things like that. So that gets that gets really, really messy with that, because essentially what they want to do is they're they're there 
to make sure the government doesn't overstep its, its right. Now, here's the question about the January 6th. If they were convinced and or thought that the government was rigging an election, if they thought that, well, they were acting in accordance with what they thought, right? And so that's, that's what they were trying to do, storm the capitals to make sure it's a fair election or what have you. So I'm not making an excuse for what they did. What I'm saying is that that goes up to par with what they would do. But here's the thing. It, it seems that that would be outside of their, their rules that, as well. So I literally yeah. just wrote something down on a piece of paper here because I wanted to make sure I talked about it. Mm-hmm. And that was my question to you was like, you know, militias, I feel like, you know, the way that you said it as it pertains to the way that it reads in the amendment would make it sound like, you know, a militia wouldn't have its would overstep its boundaries if it got involved politically outside of them taking away guns. So I get the point. I get the point what you're talking about, like overstepping there, but there's so many different ways the government can go about taking away guns. They can limit different things. They can go to gun manufacturers. They can do certain things like that. They can limit how yep. many, how many, how much ammo you can get and everything else like that. You don't think that their role is to, to somehow protest that, if you would. So, um, uh, I, it's got to be very, it's got to be very noticeable, though. You know what I mean? Because like now you're drawing a fine line between like a vigilante group who just didn't agree with something. Well, that's what a lot of them are, that's what, that's what a lot of them are versus, caused by the government. Versus versus being being led, trained and prepared to be used in the exact correlation in which it was stated that they're to be utilized. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? So Right, right. Like I don't know, man. It looks like like a a, a militia would have to have strong leaders, bro. Yeah, because it takes a strong leader to tell people like we're not going to go be a part of that. Right. Because here's why. This is what we're meant for. And by doing that, we're stepping out of our line and not giving ourselves a chance to really be available when we are needed. Right. And I I think that's part of the the way that they train and the way that they they do things. Now, keep in mind, I don't know anything about militia or anything like that. I I don't know a lot either. Right. This is a little bit. We're talking a lot of opinion on this. Right, right, right. I do know people who are in militias. Okay. And are are, are part of, um, I probably know about 10 people. Okay. Who are part of militias and in one way or one way or another. Okay. If you would. So um, the question becomes, you know, when all the, when, when militias are deemed evil or bad or vigilante groups by, you know, popular media outlets, if you would. They lose their meaning. And right. They're fighting against that meaning at that point. They're fighting against that meaning. And then so much so that you can't do what a militia is meant to do uh, if they demonize you that way. Right. So, so at this point, they're, they're trying to say, hey, let's let's not get involved. But when the government comes and tries to take your land away from you, yeah. you know, and militias come out to support you and say you're not taking this land and you're, you're talking about armies, yeah. you know, coming, coming together to defend people and so on and so forth. And... That's where I, I think it's happened a few times that we've seen in recent history where the government went to go and take control of land or they, they try to do certain, the most popular one is Waco. Waco with uh, David Koresh. Do you remember that? Uh, it's not ringing a bell at the moment. So there was a religious cult in Waco, Texas. Okay. okay. David Koresh, he was like the, he, he said he was the second coming of Jesus Christ or the bad Jesus or something like that. It was weird. It was a cult. Was this in the 90s? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's days. probably why I don't. Rem- I remember yeah. it vaguely now. I think maybe. And the federal government, you know, got word they were they had um, 
a lot of weapons. Like a compound with weapons. Yeah, a compound with weapons, and they went in there. And uh, it was very, very sad, the outcome. Many people died, you know, if you would. And one of the biggest questions is, uh, regardless of what you think about the release. Basically because they weren't going to surrender to the, the, the people that showed up. They did, okay. not, they did not recognize the federal government as a, as a ruling authority. Fair. And that's the, that's the problem I see with the militia, militia movement is that when you don't respect ruling authority or ruling authority goes wrong and not everyone sees it the way that you see it, all of a sudden you're, you, you can easily be an outcast. Yeah. You know, and you're fighting against a system that is meant to hold you you know, back if you would in some regard. It's like, it's like the restaurant that gets a bad food grade closes and reopens as a new restaurant. Like, you, nobody's going to go eat at that restaurant right. because you got that bad food grade now and it's public, you know, so. Well, not to mention the fact that, you know, um, so many of those militia groups that you're talking about are disappearing. And I think they're just going into hiding or they're being off the grid. Yeah. You know, if you would, because militias is. Well, if you're doing it the right way, in my opinion, you, they're not going to know. Nobody's going to know. That's the thing. I'm, that's the thing I would I would see. But guys like the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, things like that. Uh, and I was just reading an article about Three Percenters yeah. as, as well. And Three Percenters get their name because they erroneously, from what I understand, believe that three um, percent of the colonials fought against the the you know King George in um, in the liberation of our country. Um, and I, I don't I don't know that to be true. I thought it was a lot more than three percent, but. Um, maybe three percent at one point were mobilized. I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's where they get their name. Three percent. They're willing to do anything and everything they they can to keep our country free, and uh, they're more libertarian, if you would, in a lot of ways in their political, you know, ideologies and and what have you. So, but uh, a well regulated militia is necessary. That's the point. It's like it is necessary. So, um, if it's necessary and it's common wording in our constitution then why aren't these people you know out there why, why don't they put that out there why don't they say we're, we're a militia literally there, there's there's like 10 there's not even less than that i'd say there's probably eight or nine popular militias i'll read them off to you three percenters um there's one militia literally called no fucking around coalition <laughs> that's one of them uh those are in the southern united states uh three percenters nationwide uh the uh hatari I don't know what that means. Hatari, they're Michigan, Southern Michigan. Uh, Idaho Lightfoot Militia, that's in Idaho. The Michigan Militia, it's in Michigan, Redford, Michigan. Um, militia, the Militia of Montana, that's Montana and Knoxon. Um, Missouri Citizens Militia, which is Missouri statewide. Missouri Militia, uh, which is Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, New York Lightfoot Militia, which is New York statewide. Probably upstate mostly. Yeah. Uh, Oath Keepers, you heard of them. I have heard of Oath Keepers. Yeah, they've been on CNN and everything else like that. Oath Keepers, that's nationwide. Ohio Defense Force. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's in Ohio. That's statewide. Uh, Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Lightfoot Militia, uh, and then Pennsylvania, and then Texas Lightfoot Militia. You know, it seems like a lot of, that's Texas statewide. seems like there's a lot of Lightfoot you know, militias and, you know, in there, I don't know if they're, you know, organized or what have you. But. I mean, it would make sense for there to be a couple nationwide organizations that could connect together in the event that they needed to. It would only make sense. Right, right. So let me, let me take this a step further. Okay, let's take it a step further because we were, I was talking to, talking to part-time Dave about this yesterday. Okay. So let's take it a step, step further. He would be somebody that would be in one and not tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah I don't yeah. know if he is or not, but. No, I, I don't know either, but um, Dave's a great guy and we love part-time Dave. So Dave, if you listen to this later on, we know we love you, buddy. 
Um, we were talking about this a lot yesterday, and <clears throat> the uh, the thought of a, a civil war came up. Like, what would happen if, in a civil war? You know, in that. So, so first off, I guess one of the big things is why is there a civil war, right? Like, I'm a big why person. Okay, so uh, the next election, let's say the next election, there's a and there was there's con- there's been controversy in the last. 40 years over elections. Uh, I mean, since I've, since I, okay, so we'll put this into perspective. Since, since I was, since I've been like consciously involved in knowing what politics are. Yes. Uh, there was an issue with the Bush election. Gore Bush. Yep. yep. There was an issue because his brother was down in Florida and all of a sudden he wins the election. Right. There was issues with, uh, at least one of the Obama elections that I remember, Okay. Um, and then this this Biden election obviously was right. was a huge right. fiasco. So, um, so that's at least that's at least three to four potentially that I'm 40, aware of. Years, and I'm, I'm only 40, 32 years old. I'm talking 40 years now. So we're 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 about we're about there, you know. So let's say at least 30. 30 okay. Years, okay. So um, let's say something happened to where um, there's a big question, and, I, and here's the hard thing too is. I think this next election cycle, there's going to be questions no matter who wins. Meaning really like is. right now or meaning like the next presidential or like this next November? Pre- well, this November, okay, a couple of days, you know, or a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to have, you know, the midterms. And I think the midterms will um, probably bring out some questioning, you know, not nearly as much as the presidential will. Okay. So the presidential one, the big, the, the big daddy of them all um, that's coming up in uh, 2024, uh, if that doesn't go a certain way, I think people have been asking and talking about this idea of, will that kick off a civil war? Dave and I were talking about that, and I said, well, I don't think that's going to kick off a civil war at all. I think it's going to be happening. And then we got into a conversation about, like, what happens if there was a civil war? You know, and, and I thought, well, first off, it just sets us up as a country for failure in, in so many different ways. It, it really does. It would make us extremely weak. Invulnerable because all the guns that we would be using to defend ourselves from the foreign side of things is being used domestically against our domestic self. Right, right. Um, so you don't have, you don't have a United States at that point. You have a divided states, and and how that looks and how each state and it's it's really interesting because both both coastlines are more liberal and, and more there's more centric individuals and Republicans in the middle you know, in the Midwest and what have you going towards. If you go from either coast and inside, it's more red states and more blues on the, on the outsides on both coasts. Um, and how, how that plays out, you know, I think it's really interesting or how it could play out would be very, very interesting. Um, I hope, well, first off, let me say this, not in favor of it in any way, shape, and form, because I think it's just devastating to an economy. I mean, our economy is already in shambles, but you, you, get, you, get, a, you get a war, at that point, and you have to d- divide resources up between people and populations and everything like that. And more population lives on the East Coast than they live on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, I mean, west of the Mississippi, you only got a third of the population of the United States. Two-thirds lives east of the Mississippi. So if that's the dividing line between, between the US, U.S., which has been, you know, something like that. What happens during that point? It was interesting because Dave and I were started talking about, like, what happens and servicemen and, and so on and so forth. And Dave said something before I even said it. Because Joe Rogan had a guy on talking about this. He, he said that, that just would not be good for anybody. And I said, well, why do you think that? And he says, because people haven't seen violence like that here. That, that when you get people activated into violence, it's, it's a completely different thing. Yeah. And uh, so 
I can't remember who Rogan had on. It was a Navy SEAL, and he was talking about um, the uh, kill switch that goes off in your mind. You know, well, they're they're trained to kill people, right? Right, and so are certain Marines, and so are other guys they, like that too. So they're in the military, right? They're trained to kill people, right? Right. Um, <laughs> to have those guys activate that again, you know, on domestic land, on 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 American soil, uh, would not be good for anybody. Not to mention in a culture that is not necessarily violent and more passive than it is aggressive now, if you would. Yeah, and I think that would be detrimental to economies to cities to everything else like that but let's just say it did happen let's say tomorrow you get out and there's all of a sudden tank. so so here's here's something i need to clear up okay go ahead because a civil a civil war could happen without it being against the military so that that's why i said there's a big why for me on why it would happen because a civil war could break out for a number of reasons for, you know, whatever, right? Cultural, whatever. So the, the states are independently governed, but they're accountable to the federal. Right, right. Yeah. So, like, if they, if they, so for example, I think Texas is. The so only- you're talking something along the lines of like the U.S. government says, okay, we're implicating martial law. We're taking over all the states and give up your shit. Yes. Okay. Exactly. That's what I'm That's talking what I'm saying. About. We need to have very, I needed, okay. Yeah, I needed so to paint that because martial laws is indicated okay. by the federal government. Everyone stays in their homes. Military comes into cities. Well, see, now and, you're asking the question of are are those guys in the military okay with killing their own people? Do you think that would be okay? Do you, do you think do you, do you think do you think that our our boys, okay, our guys, would be okay with that? Um, I don't know, man. They have to follow orders, man. I I don't know. I think mm, they have to follow orders. I'm not saying they will. I, I don't know if that's uh, see. I'm not. I haven't asked anybody that, and I have a lot of friends that have been in some really bad shit in the military. Sure. Um, my dad was in the military. Your dad was in some bad shit in the military, right? Sure, sure. Um, and I've never really asked how the military talks about domestic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I, I would, I would like to say that there would be people that would be like, "No, I'm not. I'm not." I'm not shooting my own citizens over this. Well, the last time that the military was it, involved in something like that was January 6th. Well, so after, or, well, after that, after, I mean, after, I really don't. I look at Kent State being the last time that really happened. Well, we'll just talk. We'll talk well, last time the government implemented the National Guard for security reasons was on the Capitol after January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately following that or to get that under control and what have you, it was January 6th. But that but the, the National Guard wasn't like. Like Kent State, they killed people. National Guard. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about that a little more. Refresh my memory. Uh, there was like a protest going on at Kent State University, mm-hmm. and uh, they Ohio called in the National Guard to, to Kent State to to settle this this protest or riot that was going on at the at the university, and the National Guard opened up fire and actually killed students. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So it has happened before. So so the the thing is is like I would like to think that. In the back of their mind, there would be something where that would tell them, like, no, like, but but what do you do? Do you do you defect from the military at that point? Because at this point, it's war. There is no a wall. Of course, it's war. Yeah. Like if yeah. if there's a civil war between the U.S. and our own government because of some sort of martial law implication mm-hmm. over some reason, right? Right. 
then the choice at that point is they either stay in the military or they leave the military and they go home and they protect their family. If they choose to stay in the military, there might be some people that do still do that, unfortunately. See, I, I think that one of the things that is kind of crazy about this is that if that did happen, I think you see neighborhoods gather as militias on a heartbeat. I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about my neighborhood, thinking about your neighborhood. Well, immediately you, you, you'll get to know your lo- you get to know Mine your wouldn't, dude. Mine wouldn't. Really? Mine would not. You know why? Why? Because my neighborhood is full of people that are not from this country that probably don't believe in owning guns. Okay. Okay. That's, that's a fair assessment. There are... Yeah, there, there, there are maybe three families, counting my own, on in my cul-de-sac of homes, and there's probably 20 houses that mm-hmm. probably own weapons. Okay. So let, let's say... Let's say that 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 happens. You don't think those people would gather together? You know, they might there? gather together with their their own, but I don't know how they're going to protect themselves. Yeah, that so that that's one of my questions is they're going to be coming to my door. Yeah, you know, when they that that's one of the that's one of the things I can see happening. That's that's weak in in area. Now go to Anthem. Uh huh. Go to Anthem, Arizona, and I guarantee you that entire neighborhood gets together. Oh sure! I guarantee everybody oh, in yeah. that sing that whole neighborhood gets together in Anthem. Right, right. That that neighbor, your neighborhood probably more so than mine. A hundred percent more yeah, so than mine. Yeah, I know, and I, I know my neighbors too. Yeah, I shit, Dave lives right down the road from you. Yep, yep. I know, I know my neighbors too, and so and I ain't that far, bro. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> and immediately, I would I would gather my neighbors together and find out what's what's going on. But with with I I think that's the other thing too is that that we live in such a you know we're at times police are militaristically used by their local governments, you know, and that's, and that's hard well, for and, them. And we're lucky that we're the least probably country used for that. Right. right but when right. it happens, it still, you know, it still does happen. Right. Right. I, I think that's, that's the hard part is that say, say something came down like, and I, I think this is the red Dawn scenario or whatever you want to call it, where, um, you know, martial laws, you know, implied or what have you it's it's stated and you're supposed to stay inside there's a curfew and everything else like that and then the military comes around and wants to collect your guns what do you do at that point young man 18 years old knocking on your door with a squad of squad of guys behind him full-on military garb and everything else like that with bullets with you know ars themselves wants to collect your ar so that you're not going to be part of the rebellion or whatever have you man that's that's a hard question to answer, and it's something that I don't think people talk about enough, um, because I think a lot of people don't think that that'll happen, right? Like they have the mindset of like, ah, that's not really going to happen, even okay. though that like we we still think it might happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man, because it it would depend on the it would depend on the environment, right? Because like I'm assuming I'm probably not the first house that that happens to, mm-hmm. but let's say I am. Let's say I'm the very first freaking house that they show up at, right? Um, I think the first thing that I would do is, is I would call the local police department and I would say, Hey, are you guys aware of this? And do you know that this is happening? Yeah. So I think I would, I would think I would first call the local police department. I know that sounds kind of weird, but, um, sometimes just putting that on like their radar so that they'll sometimes send somebody out and then they can kind of start, you know, they can scuffle with whoever's there, and then while that's happening, you can get out the back door or something. Me, I don't know. Let me throw you. Let me throw you a loop on that. Yeah, the police knock on your door. Okay. The police. So that's knock a, on your that's door. that's a little bit different. Um, 
Because if it's, it's the and it's Bobby who we know. It's, it's Bobby. It's 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 a kid we know. You know, and I say kid because he's your age and he's been on the force now for about six years. But you know, so all of a sudden it's Bobby, and we're like, "Holy crap, Bobby! What are you doing?" You know, and he's like, "Dude, I got to do this. I'm just doing my job. Don't make this harder, bro." We're like, "Bob, we can't do that, man." Yeah. Um. I I don't know because it, it, there's so much scenarioistically talking that's that could be you know like. How forceive are they? Are they being passive? Can I close? Can I say? Can I close the door? Like, because there's so much. Like, if you don't have time to make another phone call, like, what if I didn't have time to call you? What if I just had to make the decision on like, okay, I either have to go get my guns and go through this with these guys, or try to make phone calls to get this, you know, some sort, some way sorted out, right? Right. Right. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't. That's- I'm a. I'm not a. I'll put it this way. I haven't I haven't been taught my whole life to have to think about that stuff ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I've been taught to know how to react very very quickly. Yeah. In those situations. Sure. So, sitting here thinking about it, I I couldn't tell you. I could speculate a thousand different scenarios that that could happen. Right. I could close the door, I could run out my back door, grab both my guns, jump over the fence, disappear to your house in 2 seconds and be gone. They'd never see me. They'd mm-hmm. never catch me. You're not catching me on foot. It's not yeah. happening. I'm sorry. Um, you're catching me on foot. There's no doubt. Well, yeah, but, (laughs) and then, and at, at that point on my escape, I would, I would then reach out to, to whoever I needed to reach out to and say, Hey, something weird's going on. And then at that point, then you start getting to the next person, the next person, the next person. And then you start gathering. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you just created a little militia. Yeah. Now if they, if they forcefully (laughs) push themselves into my home, I'm defending it. Right. Right. And that's the hardest freaking thing to have to say in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're with I think you're with most Americans out there, regardless of political party. At that point, you're you're coming into private property. There's no you know. And they're well, saying, technically, standing in front of my home in Arizona, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can yeah, take yeah. matters into my own hands. Technically, and, that, and that's a that's a that's stand a, your ground. Right, right, and that's a big that's a big thing as well. So, it's one of those things I think is is interesting to think about and talk about when we talk about militias. It's not talked about enough, about, really. No, I, I I agree with that, and I think it's it's something that I just. Want to put on your guys' radar too is that when you're thinking about this kind of stuff, and I'm not a doomsday guy, I'm not a prepper or anything else like that. It's just one of those things. I am prepared, but I'm not a prepper. Says the guy um, with all the all the food in the corner over here. Yeah, which I, I do have. I do have plenty of food in case something. Goes down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, look at me, bro. Yeah. No, it's not that I kind of that food. food. It's literally like in case of emergency. Yeah. Rations. I, I have enough preparation. I guess I be honest with you, I have enough preparations to last about five to six months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On my own. So I, I have enough preparations and everything like that to, to do that. Should something happen, I don't want that to happen. And if it did happen, you need like go searching for a way to provide for my family. Yeah. You know, and so on and so forth. So I just think I think it's one of those things that, you know, as we're talking about militias and everything like that, you know, that's where a lot of their their heads are already. Their heads are distrusting of the government, which I think a lot of people are already by nature of the fact that what's happened uh, over the last 10 years in, in the political landscape, you know, we don't, we don't trust anybody and we're no. very, very, you know, um, well, skeptical of everything. So. Well, and the other part of that too is like, let's say you do take the route where you get out. Mm-hmm. You just left your home open to somebody. Yeah. That's now it. they're going through your house. Yeah. Just, just so FYI, if my wife ever hears this, my wife will never leave her home. She's already said that to me. She's that. So I have, I mean, just to be quite frank, how do I say this and keep people 
I have it on good authority. I'll just say it that way that um, somebody on somebody in the in the the high up military uh, mentioned that if if you see tanks roll in to this was if you know uh, that's a, that's time to get out. Oh, for that, sure, you ain't hanging time. around if tanks roll in, yeah, dude. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you got to be what tanks rolling in to to American cities, and it's not a parade. Are you kidding me? You know, and and that was something that was literally mentioned. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, and I, I, I mean, just just to be quite, quite brilliantly frank about this. Um, I knew about lockdowns about two weeks before it actually happened. Just by nature of the fact that people I knew were, yeah. were mentioned it to me. We, we talked about this before. Um, and I was like, this is, they're not going to do that. And. The voice on the other line, get food, get a lot of food, get a lot of toilet paper. It was just hysterical. I was like, why toilet paper? Like, I don't know. Just get it. It's, it's going to be something. Well, they wanted to see if they yeah. could, if they could, <laughs> they literally wanted to see if they could push people into fear what they would buy. Right, right, right. Well, it worked for me. I mean, I definitely got a bunch of food and got a bunch of toilet paper. Yeah. They both had food for like. I already had a bidet. Did you have a, <laughs> yeah, you have a bidet. I know. You're, you're weird. Um, but, you know, so. It, in that regard, I just think it's I think it's interesting to talk about this stuff in so much as like the what if scenario. And have you thought about that? Have you thought about an exit plan and everything? Because, for example, in Arizona, uh, you know, we've got one point six million people in Phoenix alone, just the Phoenix proper, not to mention Chandler and everything else all together with the surrounding areas. You're talking about four point six or the fifth fifth largest city, I believe, in America. And we've only got about two or three highways that go in and out. Two or three. To, to evacuate all those people. One, two. So you have the 10 and the 17, and you pro- you have the 87, which kind of goes out that way too. So You can kind of get to Route 66, but it's still one of those highways yeah. to get to it though. And if you have an off-road vehicle, okay, if you have an off-road vehicle, you're going to be jam-packed. Well, you're still try- limited to where you can go right, bro, right. with the mountains and canyons. Uh-huh, absolutely, but you, you, you can get there. That's the point is you can get there. I mean, you would need a... But everybody else would be doing that. Yeah, you would need Phoenix, an enduro. You would need some sort of off-road motorcycle well, to not, really get out. Sure, sure, sure. Not to mention, like, the desert would be packed at that point. I mean, you'll have, you'll have like... Desert's wide and vast, bro. It, but but it, it'll be packed. It'll still be packed. I mean, during COVID, I went out, I went out to the desert to go shooting because that, that's when all the, all the shops closed down and everything like that. And when I went out there, I go to the desert all the time. I know exactly where to go. I know the, I know the desert about... 60 miles into the desert from, from Phoenix, I know where to go and I know what to do. Out beyond that, I don't know. Okay, but when I went back in the desert, the streets and the campsites and everything was jam-packed during COVID. Yeah. I mean, jam-packed. There was no place to... Yeah, but see, you're still talking about campsites. There's vast desert out there where there's not even... You know no, what I mean? No, no, there's I'm not just talking tons about campsites. I'm talking about along the river. I'm talking about... Uh, what's what's it called? Um, dispersed camping. Yeah, you know where, where there's no campsite and you just kind of make your own. That all those were taken. Like there was there were people on the road camping. Yeah, and I was like, what is going on? My son was with me. Uh, my son was like, what is going on, Dad? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this is what people can do. All we can do. And it was in the winter and everything like that, so it was nice and cool out. And I was like, this is crazy, man. This is just nuts. I can't I can't go anywhere. You know that I want to go. And I thought, well, you know, I'm gonna go to the you know to Horseshoe Dam Reservoir because no one's up there. It was packed all the way around the reservoir, and nobody's ever there, dude. Nobody's ever there. 
you know, and this is on a weekday, dude. It's on a weekday. And I was like, yeah, but you got COVID was a weird time. It was, but I'm just saying like, those are the people that, that wanted to get out and, and get out of the house and, and do something. Right. So imagine you're trying to get those people out of Phoenix. I mean, that's just a, that's a nightmare scenario at that point. That's just an absolute nightmare scenario. So, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I don't think it's as bad in Phoenix as it is a lot of other places though. I think it's worse. I really do. Like, try I, getting out of Cincinnati, bro. Well, you have 71 and 75, and you have 275 that goes around those. That's it. It's just okay. a loop, though. Yeah, but you have, the, the thing is, you also have tons of streets that go out and, out and about. Phoenix is a grid. It's locked into a grid, essentially. And so if you're going to go outside of Phoenix, you got to take several other highways that are kind of like back roads, and they're also a bunch of desert roads as well. But you got to know them, and they're not real, real, really well marked. That's the other thing, too. You do have to know them. Yeah, but it's spread out. Like Cincinnati's not so like like, yeah. For example, when I used to get in traffic jams on seventy one going from Columbus to Cleveland or even through Columbus, mm-hmm. I would be stuck in traffic for hours. Yes, just like L A. Right? Yeah. You're just in traffic for hours. Mm-hmm. I've never been stuck in Phoenix traffic for more than forty five minutes. But to be fair, dude, we don't drive that far. We 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 both commute here. I mean, my longest commute's ten minutes. Yeah, but I used to we, drive far. Yeah, I, I, I used to drive thirty five minutes to work. Yeah, but even even that, it's not far. I mean, it's it's probably about ten miles Mm-mm. to Apple. Not from where I was living. I was living up north on Anthem. No, 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 like uh, Deer Valley. That's a little bit longer. Yeah, you take the one and one down around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. So I mean, it's it's possible, but I I think that's one of those things that when you're thinking through, you know, exit strategies and everything else like that. It, I just so I have a plan for my family. I have a plan for for my kids. We we. We absolutely have a plan in case there's an intruder in our family. We have a plan for all these things. And that's not saying that I look forward to or even want any of that. I don't ever. Yeah. I want our country to come back to the, the glory days and come back to, you know, good old, good old, you know, old, old fashioned apple pie days, if you would. You know, I really do. Um, and I think that is possible. I think there's a lot more misunderstanding than there is like really understanding of, you know, political viewpoints and what have you. So I, I really do. And so, in that, in so much as as that is concerned, um, I think that it's necessary to be prepared, and that's what I am, you know, with my family in particular. And now I don't have to prepare for one other person. My daughter Savannah is in, in, in Tennessee, so but everything that I have prepared, I have prepared for myself and my three kids, you know, and my mom, dad, and sister. Yeah, everyone else is on their own, but the people who are here, that's where that's where I, that's why I prep for. Yeah, you know, in particular. So it's it's interesting, man. Like it's it's just it's 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 just not something that people talk about. Like yeah. I've I can't even remember the last time I had a conversation about like a legitimate conversation, not just in like, oh yeah, are they gonna come take our guns? No, like a legitimate conversation around like what if they what if they legitimately did and how well, would people react, and, a bunch and of people you know, hiding, how would they do that? A bunch of people hiding their firearms. Everybody would hide their hide their firearms and, and ammo. Lots of people would try doing. Well, there's that. lots of people that do that already, right? But they would they would literally try. I mean, immediately if that went that went out in the law, and all of a sudden you'd have guys like crazy hiding their safes, hiding. Their, I would, yeah. It, there's a lot of stuff that would have to happen at that point. Guys would just be you know banding together. Let's 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 hide our stuff, guys. Let's hide our firearms in one because you 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 shouldn't be deprived of well, that which can bring you liberty from tyranny and at that point if that did come down 
Would you say, I guess here's my question, and we can, we can end on this. The last point, would you say if the government released that, that order to, to take Americans' firearms from them, would you say that's a beginning or, or a tyrannous act? Oh, yeah, 100%. It Me is too. an absolute Me violation too. of the Second Amendment. Yeah. Second Amendment. Absolutely. But, but here's, I had, a, I had another thought on that. Um, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, my goodness. That's okay. We can bring it back for part three. I don't want to go all the way freaking part three on something <laughs> I just had right now. We're talking about hiding stuff. We're talking about if, it, if it's a tyrannous act, if the government invokes something like that, you know, at the state level, at the federal level and everything like that, and expects the states. I think if that happened, states would start breaking off and seceding immediately and they would they they would start asking questions about how to secede and everything else like that and can we secede and and what have you because I don't think I think certain states Arizona being one of them quite frankly you know I don't think California would have a problem with it you know but I think Arizona Arizona would be like I don't know about this you know dang it man I can't I can't remember it was a really good freaking thought that's okay that's okay I know but you threw me off by saying you're going to end it on the next thought and I was like I ain't done yet (laughs) heck I got 15 minutes well, why JB is uh, is thinking through? Uh, his- I'm not going to remember it at this point. That's okay. While JB is figuring his thoughts, we'll, we'll we'll gather back on another podcast. We want to hear your thoughts on what you think about the subject matter we talked about with militias, vigilantes, and oh, okay, it, this, there it is. This was the thought. Whether there's militias or not, there's still one thing that we forget about, bro. What? It's the fact that they do have tanks. And bombs, oh sure, and airplanes, and oh, Apache sure. helicopters. Yeah, do you think they would ever just bomb a whole city? Nope, don't think that ever happened. You don't think they would bomb a whole nope. city if they're willing nope. to tell the military to shoot people? They're willing to blow stuff up. I don't think that'll happen. I really don't think that'll happen. You don't think they'd be nope. willing to destroy their own land to nope. get what they want? It would be it would be somehow some contracted or special ops that would try to come to neighborhoods and 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 do something like that. But I. They would not. They would not do that because that puts into jeopardy the safety of our borders, the safety of, of using military strikes against domestic people. I think that's you. You've got. I mean, you've got the whole world watching if and when that happens, and then you have the skewed reporting depending on however that goes, uh, and you have everybody watching you. And so you got Russia, you got China, you got other people watching you to see what's going on, how, how strong or how weak your military is. So why do that when you can just solve it by putting in the National Guard or other um, operatives, if you would? So I mean, I think they both equally make us weak, but uh, not equally, but they both make us weak, like really weak, especially yeah. in the eyes of somebody else. Even oh, if, sure. Because you're still using resources and you're still causing unrest. That's the, that's the thing, dude. We're already in a cold war. We, we are we are with each other. That, that's the hard part is if we don't see that, like, this is all being programmed I mean, we don't see that like the the racism card is thrown out every five seconds. If you disagree with somebody, or if you have an opposite viewpoint, you try to find something with somebody. Oh, you're a racist, you know. Or you know, if you don't agree with someone's point, you don't affirm a lifestyle. Oh, you're a trans, you're transphobe or a homophobe. Or you see, what I'm talking about they they, just, they paint you. Oh, you're you're a Christian, you're a religious zealot. You know, those. Type, it's just well, yeah. Crazy. There's no there's no there's no denying that they're trying to to cause unrest and and it's in it's dividing our country that's why i think people are fine i think i do think our country is wising up 
a lot. Was, I think people are why when Joe Rogan and Bill Maher are centrist now, and I mean centrist, hardcore centrist. They're not leaning right or, or left. If anything, they're kind of le- they're kind of understanding the right more, if you would. In a lot of, in a lot of premises that they make and statements they make in their in their media outlet presentations, both Joe with his podcast and Bill with his TV show. So I think that's a huge thing that happens, and you're like, okay. What's going on here? And they're making good points. Like, everybody knows. Bro, let's just be freaking honest about it. Everybody knows that, everybody knows that wokeism is stupid, dumb, and it's over. It's overbearing. We're talking about a, a, a small percentage of people that are really like that. We all know that, okay? That's why we make fun of it so much, and everybody laughs, except for, like, one person in the room who feels like we have to all of a sudden... Um, uh, vir- virtue signal, that's what it's called. Virtue signal their feelings about something, you know, which is I don't is even stupid. know what that is. I've never heard of that. That's when you say something to affirm something that you really don't believe in or that you, you makes you makes you look good in the eyes of everybody. You uh-huh. know, it, it's, the, it's the guy, I mean, virtue signal is... I'm, is, I'm not in the loop, bro. Is as, easy as, is as easy as this. You're talking about racism or something like that. It's a white guy who goes, I have black friends. That's a virtue signal. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 a virtue signal. That's that's. I mean, it, it makes no sense for for you to say that. Sat next to a guy on a bus once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's something something like that. You know. Oh yeah, I, I, I did that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, oh I support yeah, Planned Parenthood. I listen I to this. country yeah. music. Yeah, something something like that, which is a virtue signal. But before it used to be called simple like, like pandering, but now it's virtue signaling. It okay. just is. You know, and it happens on social media all the time. Somebody has a, a big a big issue with something like that. It's, you know, I I don't know why somebody would say that, and it's it comes from the the uber woke left, and they virtue signal all the time, you know that's that's what it is. So whether you're, so guys, whether you're into virtue signaling or not, we want to hear your thoughts on the podcast. So do me a favor and email us at cutlightsmokepodcast all one word at gmail.com. and we'd love to hear. Uh, what's going on in your world and what you think about the subject matter that we talked about. We do have some guests coming up very soon. We got a, a couple old friends of mine that are going to be here in town that grew with me, grew up with me in Cincinnati. And uh, we actually have uh, Vic, uh, the high desert man. Vic is going to be on the podcast as well. And so he'll be on in November. I'm looking forward to having Vic on talking about faith issues with him because he actually has patriarchal smoke, which is like his Bible study smoke thing that he does. And uh, we'll talk about that with him. It's going to be, Good information uh, from him as well, and uh, and he's he's a big cigar nut, which I can't wait to talk with him about cigars. So, uh, with that said, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning into the Cutlight Smoke Podcast, brought to you by ZealCigars.com. ZealCigars.com, number one place to find your cigar needs on the interweb. So, with that said, guys, we're out of here like last year.